Today, we boast a membership of about 800,000 recipients that receive this newsletter every day. Wow. That's 800,000 chances for a journalist to find an expert, contribute to their story. We've all been there. An editor assigns a story to an unfamiliar topic, and you scramble to find a source who can provide crucial information. Where do you turn? Thankfully, there's a database out there with thousands of potential sources waiting to help a reporter out. I'm Michael O'Connell. This is It's All Journalism. Help a Reporter Out, or HARO for short, is a two-way database designed to connect journalists and sources. A reporter can submit a request for what type of person they're looking for or the area of expertise they're, they're searching for, and Harrow provides the contact information. Today we're talking to two people from the public relations and media software company, Cision, which operates Harrow. Kristen Sela is the senior director for the U.S. research at Cision, where, among other things, she oversees Harrow. Welcome to the podcast, Kristen. Thank you. Happy to be here. We're also joined by Allison Richard, the Harrow manager at Cision. Welcome to the podcast, Allison. Hi, thank you. So, first of all, tell me about the development of Harrow. What was the uh, what was the need that you saw that that needed to be addressed? So, Harrow was actually developed in 2007 by Peter Shankman. He's currently a uh, public speaker and author. At the time, he had been in public relations for quite a few years, and. You know, when he was in public relations, he obviously um, developed connections with numerous journalists and began to see a need where journalists were coming to him, you know, asking, do you have a source for this story that I'm writing? I'm looking to complete this story. Do you have information that you can provide for me? And so that's really where Harrow came about. You know, Peter said, you know, I'm helping a lot of journalists. There seems to be a need here for this. And so hence, Help a Reporter Out came to be. He started it in 2007. It was a Facebook group, actually, where he would post a journalist's need on Facebook and see who replied, what sources those journalists can get to help them finish their stories they're working on. But, you know, as the group grew and became more popular, you know, there was the need to move it into a website form and actually start sending out the e-newsletter. So um, it was around 2008, 2009, where Harris started to take the shape that really it's held since then and still holds today, where it has its own website, helpreporter.com. And what we do is we, um, you know, journalists can go there. They can put in the, the stories that they're working on, the experts that they're looking for, and we send out those newsletters every day. So back when, when Peter Shankman first began the website, there were around 100,000 recipients of the newsletter. Today, we boast a membership of about 800,000 recipients that receive this newsletter every day. Wow. That's 800,000 chances for a journalist to find an expert to contribute to their story. So what's Sisian's uh, um, role in this? They just sort of host it, or is this something that, that you, got, you see as a, a money-making proposition for your company? We sort of host it. There are paid subscription options for Hero for, for sources to join Hero, and those paid options can get them things like a key, more customized email alerts by keyword search, things like that. But by and large, it's still a free membership platform. You know, the benefit of it for us is that it's highly popular, right? People, people love the platform, both sources and journalists alike. So Cision is the parent-owning company of Harrow. I don't know how much you know about the history, but in Peter Shankman had sold Harrow um, to a company called Focus. 
I think it was in 2012, I believe. Don't quote me on that. But And then in 2014, Cision actually integrated with Vocus. And so we became the parent company of the platform and have been helping journalists out ever since. Okay. So how does Hera work? If, if I'm a journalist, how can I get you know, access the information? Is it strictly through like the website or the newsletter? And then also if I'm a, um, you know, like a, uh, an expert, you know, how do I get my, uh, contact information up there in the, in the system? Sure. Well, to start off, just, um, kind of a quick synopsis or the way Hero works is we connect journalists seeking expertise to including their articles with sources who have that relevant expertise. And we do this by sending out more than about 200 queries from journalists a day, and it may actually be closer to 300 at this point, now that I think about it. And we do this, uh, the queries are sent out each day via three emails sent at um, distinct times, 5.35 in the morning, 12.35 in the afternoon, and then 5.35 in the evening, all Eastern time. Um, And this is Monday through Friday. And so how journalists can use, um, or best use, uh, HERO is to basically make sure that, you know, I think in the journalism industry, obviously we're working a lot of times with quick turnaround um, times. And so the sooner the better. We always stress for both journalists and sources, just act quickly. So for journalists, it's a matter of making sure that you, um, you know, as soon as you know what you're seeking, what your assignment is, then submit the query. And also like, as much detail that can be provided as possible is going to best help the sources too, because they're anxious to provide their expertise and gain this earned media and publicity. But the more detail that can be provided, the less back and forth and the less, you know, um, miscommunication and misunderstanding that happens, that there can tend to happen. Um, And so journalists can submit queries by simply signing into their accounts via www.helpreporter.com. And when submitting queries, there'll be a bunch of fields in there where it'll ask for a title. And it's usually, you know, just something very quick and to the point, um, seeking experts on medical insurance policy, for example, could be a title. And then they list the outlet. We have ways of uh, providing anonymity for a journalist should they seek it. And then um, there'll be a field to just spell out and elaborate all of the details that are um, being sought. We also have a field where you can, a requirements field, where you can specify the, the type of experts you're seeking. Again, detail is key. Um, journalists are also able to select categories for their queries. We have, we offer six categories, or I should say, we offer a number of categories, but we send out a master alert three times a day in addition to five to six specific categories um, or topical additions. And so um, when a journalist is selecting the categories up to two for their queries, those translate into the, the daily or the topical editions that we send out in addition to that master alert. And I know that that might sound a little confusing, but essentially if you're submitting a query, say for that medical insurance policy, you might then select um, business and finance as a, as a possible category for your, your query or healthcare. Or healthcare too, and then when we send out the the daily edition or the daily alerts in that business and finance particular topical edition, that query would be included in that because that was the category that was selected for it. 
so again, just something that we, we leave in the hands of journalists, the ability to essentially code or select, well, yeah, code the queries accordingly. And then lastly, when submitting a query, you'll enter the deadline. And we always make it a point to journalists that when you're selecting the deadline, select the, the, the absolute latest date that you can um, receive responses from sources. Because um, sometimes journalists will submit the deadline as the, you know, the day that their, their story is due. And then they're up against the gun waiting for responses. So we, that's just you know, our recommendation to journalists is when entering that deadline, make sure it's you know, not the absolute last minute that you can, you know, before you submit your story, just right. to give you some, some leeway. Yeah, make sure you're giving yourself time to actually write the story. Right. <laughs> right. That's always a good thing. And you never know that sometimes when you get a source and they'll give you something, some information that actually changes you know, the direction of the content. Now, are there any particular requirements that like a media outlet or a journalism uh, or journalist has to sort of meet to use uh, Hera? So just just keep in mind, we do, like I said, have rules for both journalists and the sources using the platform. The reason to put some context around this, the reason we have the rules is to ensure professional interactions between the two parties, right? You know, all of the rules that we have in place are there because We've learned over time that, you know, certain things were causing problems. Maybe journalists were taking advantage of some sources and not returning products or trying to get payment or money out of them. Likewise, we've had sources who maybe are responding to queries, but not really responding to the query. They're just berating the journalists. So keep in mind that all the rules we have in place are because things have come up throughout the history of this product that require these rules to be there. So some of the most important rules uh, for journalists to keep in mind are, first, outlets must be established at least one month prior to submitting a query. And this probably plays more into the Alexa ranking criteria for online-only outlets that Kristen will be speaking about. But it also applies to print publications or even, you know, broadcast outlets. This is just so that we, our sources are expecting the outlets to have some type of established history, or even if not history, just have some type of presence, established presence. So if it's right off the, you know, presses, so to speak, they need to build some, or have some type of familiarity, and they're expecting that, as, you know, through Harrow, we are sending out queries with established outlets. You have to understand that on Harrow, it's, it's a win-win situation. That's what the journalists and the sources are expecting. So, you know, your source on Harrow because you're looking to get your brand or yourself mentioned somewhere. And if an outlet has not been established yet or hasn't been established for very long, there's a chance, unfortunately, that that outlet could go under, that that story might never be published. And so by, um, you know, requiring that outlets are a little bit more established, have, you know, a few stories under their belts, by the time they're using Harrow, it's really in protection of our sources to make sure that, you know, there is a story that's going to be published here. And you mentioned the Alexa.com ranking criteria? Yeah, yeah. so Alexa.com, we do require for online-only outlets such as podcasts or blogs that they meet an Alexa ranking criteria of 1 million or below. This is a ranking, so the lower the number, the better, actually. So the Alexa ranking, um, it's really indicative that you know, a media outlet is established and is highly trafficked. Again, it goes back to wanting to offer the sources 
quality media outlets that they're interacting with because they're, like I said, they're in this to get something too. They're in this to be mentioned somewhere. And so the better the Alexa ranking, the better chance that an outlet, you know, that source is going to want to work with that outlet as well. The other benefit of using Alexa is that, you know, when, when we deny a website because they don't meet the Alexa ranking, you can easily go on Alexa's webpage and look up your own media outlet and see, okay, when will I meet that Alexa ranking or when do I? You can check it publicly. It's publicly available info that you can, you know, scour your, your website for free there. So you know, that's another reason we use it. It's, it's just a very easy resource for a, a website to kind of determine, okay, what is my ranking right now? You know, I've spoken to reporters who, who use Google or maybe something like LinkedIn where they, they're able to search, you know, for a particular type of expertise to identify a possible source. You know, how is Harrow different than that, you know, or, you know, quote unquote, better than that for a reporter? You know, I think it is because we do have the rules in place, number one. You know, if you're using Google, LinkedIn, you don't know what's what's going to go on. We do have some the rules in place, which I think keep the conversations professional. You know, it's also for the reporter, if you, like Allison mentioned, anonymity. If you are looking to publish anonymously, you're able to do that through Harrow. I don't know that you can, you know, reach out to somebody anonymously via Google or LinkedIn necessarily. So, and it's also, you know, you, you can target certain certain groups like Allison mentioned we do have different newsletters that go out so if you're specifically looking for just business and finance people or just people that are interested in high tech you can easily target that um, by using the proper categories in your own i think it's yeah the, the quantity of the the um the source requests in addition to the the popularity and the established presence that we've had over more than 10 years now um is what makes us stand out how do you handle anonymity on both sides of the fence, sources and journalists? So as a source, you can't really sign up or pitch anonymously. You do have to include your name and your company info when you're pitching. However, you know, if, if after you've done your initial pitch and you have a conversation going on with the journalist outside of Hero and you say, hey, I need to be published anonymously, that's something that the journalist can probably work with a source on. But that's kind of a conversation that happens outside of Hero. In terms of journalist anonymity, so, and we do even have some journalists, um, depending on what, what type of source request they're publishing, they will even say in their source request, if you choose to be anonymous, you know, let me know, we can do that. Because we do have some that, um, you know, some journalists are working on stories that are covering risque topics and things like that. And they realize, hey, my source might want to be anonymous for this. So there are journalists that are willing to work with sources to keep them anonymous. On, on the flip side of it, when a journalist is submitting their source request through Harrow, there is the option for them to be anonymous, which means their query will publish in our email newsletter anonymously. It'll block out the media outlet that they're writing for, as well as their name. Not every journalist uses this. It's a small percentage, but the ones that do tend to be journalists who are working for higher biz media outlets, things like Wall Street Journal and New York Times, where you choose to be anonymous as a journalist because you don't want somebody taking your information and then contacting you and spamming you. Or maybe you don't want a competitive publication to steal the story you're working on. And so there are some journalists that do choose to publish their queries anonymously. Obviously, you know, once that query is published in the e-newsletter and a source pitches to that journalist, then, you know, 
they'll reveal their name and everything like that. But it's it's for the newsletter itself because it does go out to, like I said, 800,000 individuals. They do choose to publish the queries anonymously. So do you require that the news outlets give you, you know, any credit, you know, this, this information was, you know, gathered by using Harrow, anything like that? We appreciate the shout outs. Um, I, we get shout outs via social media. And then we also have an email address for sending uh, success stories. So we definitely appreciate the shout outs, but we don't require the, the you know, source through Harrow accreditation um, in the actual published content. But speaking of, you know, proper credit, that is another journalist rule. And that's probably one of the most important ones is making sure that any sources who, um, or any contributions, quotes that are sourced through Harrow and included in the, you know, final published content are accredited properly. It's just, I, I think, a given that, you know, someone is taking the time to craft a pitch and provide, you know, or just, you know, connect someone with their expert, maybe, in, you know, on behalf of a PR agent, that they get, they receive the proper credit within that, that final published content. But yeah, as far as, you know, letting the masses or readers know that uh, the, the source was gained through Harrow, again, it's appreciated, but not required. So you mentioned success stories. I mean, do you get a lot of feedback? You know, can you sort, sort of share some of the success, success stories that you've gotten? We hear... <laughs> I don't want to say daily, but almost daily from people who write in and say, you know what, we were able to complete the story because of Harrow. One big one I can think of is we had a reporter who was working for Teen Vogue. She was working on a story related to teen drug addiction for Teen Vogue. And she used Harrow to submit her queries seeking experts on teen opioid addiction. And she had a phenomenal source right in from Harvard Medical School's Recovery Research Institute. There was a doctor working there who was an expert specifically in teen addiction, you know, pitched to her and a beautiful, not only one, but two beautiful stories came out of it that were published in Teen Vogue magazine, which is a huge publication. So, and this, this doctor was able to get his name in, you know, two issues of Teen Vogue, which is phenomenal. We have had other placements. I know Allison... You had yeah. one with HGTV? Right. Um, and this is just within the last couple of months. Kate Cassart, and I'm sorry if I'm butchering the name, Coverings um, is a wall covering company. And they pitched queries sent from um, someone who was uh, with HGTV. And uh, they were featured in, on, in an online article, which resulted in increased web traffic and sales, and then also helped with their um, company's search engine optimization. So... Like Kristen said, we, I think daily, receive just, again, shout outs via social media or through the actual specific success story email address. Just, you know, hey, I scored this placement thanks to you all. And, you know, definitely makes us feel great about the, you know, the work that we're putting into this service. I know that we've been talking mostly about reporters who were working on news stories but is this a service that somebody could use for, say, like booking a guest on like maybe a radio show or even a, like a podcast that we're looking for somebody to, to talk about us who's an expert on a specific thing to come on to our show? Is that something that happens? Yeah, it is. Um, we, we almost daily publish queries where a television show or a radio show um, are looking for guests to feature. You know, we do have a couple rules around that. We do ask that it's not a recurring feature for the guests, that it's a one-time deal where they're just coming in to be interviewed, but that's common. We also have book authors, actually, 
who are looking to complete um, some sort of book or memoir they're working on and just need some expertise in a certain area to put that finishing touch on the book. And they use Harrow for that. And then, you know, that's, that's a book credit for somebody who, you know, has the lucky pitch, I guess. <laughs> well, before we wrap up here, can you just sort of just, what do you think is, is the, you know, our audience are, are, are journalists looking to find sources for the story. What is it that, that you want to say to them about Harrow and, and what, how it can help them do their job better? I mean, number one, it's a free service. This is free for journalists. They go to the HarrowHelpReporter.com website. You enter, you know, you can either create a profile and log into it, or you don't have to. You can enter a query for free, and it'll actually get published. You're going to find sources. So it's free. But also, be quick. I think that's the biggest piece of advice. I think Allison touched on this before. From both ends of the spectrum, you have to be fast about it. Once you have a story you're working on, you know, make sure you you found out the pertinent information, you know what kind of experts you're targeting, make sure you're quick to post that, that query and also specific in what you're looking for. Well, Allison, Kristen, thank you. This is, uh, this, I just recently heard about Harrow and I was really kind of interested in, in, in how it could be used. And I think you've done a great job explaining that. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you so thank much. You. You've been listening to it's all journalism, a weekly podcast about the people who make the news. You can find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com. While you're visiting our website, why not sign up for the It's All Journalism newsletter? You'll get all the latest info about our podcast, including episode notes and news about live events and upcoming interviews. Go to itsalljournalism.com to subscribe. It takes a lot of people to put together an episode of It's All Journalism. Nicola Grisco produced this episode. Amber Healy wrote our web content. Nick Dupre wrote our theme music. Amelia Brust helped with our booking. Nicholas Hunter provided a web assist, and I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. It's All Journalism is produced in partnership with the Association of Alternative News Media. Thanks for listening.